All right. Better hit some Netflix. You watched some Motu, didn't you? Motu. I got uh, Tick, Tick, Boom. Yeah. 8-Bit Christmas. That was HBO. Yeah, that was right? HBO. Yeah, I watched some stuff on there. Okay. There were two more of those music box things. Yeah, um, I didn't... I saw the DMX one was out. What was the other one? Kenny G, son. Are you serious? Oh my yeah. god. Hey, I'm not watching Kenny G. No. It was interesting. No. I uh, think I saw one clip and he was like being sassy and I was like, the last thing so I need is a sassy, brassy Kenny G. It's... <laughs> well, I'll talk about it, I guess. Yeah. Okay. I Hold guess. on a second. I'm gonna I guess I'll listen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to waste my opinions. <laughs> I may say sassy, brassy again. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the final tip. You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. Hey, welcome back to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Good to see you. My name is Jordan Lowe. Cliff Barnes. I'm Seth. It's Christmas, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got a gift in my mailbox. Oh, what's your Jury get? summons. Ugh. I was on the list for 2022 for the first time in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. I, hadn't, oh. I hadn't got called for a long time. You were so you're going to be list. next year's your year. So I sent back the little postcard, and it's like, if you have a valid reason, you must come to the courthouse between the hours of the, you know, there are two days to come between this hour and this hour. And today was the day was my day to go in and try to get out of jury duty, basically. All right. Which I I wouldn't mind doing. I've never done it. I think it would be an interesting experience. Oh but, man, I had a twelve angry men such. Yeah. <laughs> It was a it was a very neat experience to be on a jury, and be the be the one guy the that one guy. did not agree with what they were saying. <laughs> and I I turned them. I turned them. That's I every episode, that knife down. Every good sitcom has had that episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. That is a that is a very very commonly used trope in sitcoms. Yeah. See, I do. I want to live a sitcom too. I love like, a trope. So yeah. I got that guy off. Yeah. <laughs> I think the Fonz did that, didn't he? He did. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> other jacket and tie. Yeah. How? But how he and Mister C were on the jury at the same time. That that yeah. That, oh, that's another thing that happened this week. A customer came in. I'm going to tangent my tangent. Yeah. A customer came in, and I don't know how he we got to talk about this. But he said something about he basically he Fonzie is a Jedi. Was how th- this conversation dovetailed into, and then he started picking like. Well, who would all the other Happy Days characters be? So, okay, well, you know, you know, you know, Luke, you know, that would be Rick, Richie. Oh, his sister, Joni. Okay, that's Princess Leia. And he started like picking, and like my brain, I'm like, I cannot let this guy know how much I know about Happy Days. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she can. Like the most embarrassed, like the nerdiest, dumbest conversation. And I'm like remembering 
oh, about this character. I'm rumoring really obscure characters. Yeah. And I'm like, sticks. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I, we're not getting into Roger territory yeah. and all this stuff. Like, oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. like, this was the only time my Happy Days knowledge would have been useful. I'm like, I can't do it. I can't. I can't blow this guy's mind with how much I know about Happy. Well, yeah. I, think, I, I thought that's I thought that was we, gonna be a fail, but that's we can play you, this you game. really burnt down you really burnt down pops with that story. <laughs> Came back around. <laughs> <laughs> no one will get that reference. No one. <laughs> but anyway, so I, I had to go this morning to the courthouse. Um so I'm driving to work. I'm like, I could go. I was like, I'll just go to work and walk. It's not that far. It's like oh, it's a couple of blocks. I forgot how out of shape I am and how I haven't walked anywhere in two years, probably. The courthouse, you can see the courthouse from... <laughs> no, the other courthouse, the, de- the uh, big oh, courthouse. Oh, yeah. Not the, it's, still not only, uh, it's still only two blocks, but <laughs> I, I walk the two blocks, run up the stairs. Mm. Well, the ran, running up the stairs. Well, so I get there, I'm like, I'm sucking wind already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no one ahead of me. There's like a sign-up sheet that has no names on it. And the woman, like the jury commissioner lady, has her head sticking out the door. And as I'm walking up, she's like, oh, come on, come on, come ahead in. And I'm like, okay, I'm coming. Like, <laughs> I'm going to so need a ex- minute. <laughs> so, like, yes. <laughs> so, it's like, I have to explain myself. As they I'm probably like, oh. looked, took one lady. They were like, okay, we know why you can't come. <laughs> I'm a sole proprietor. I, I don't have any employees, and I work yeah. six days a week. Did he just walk here? Did he walk here? (laughs) I don't have a car, man. I'm sorry. (laughs) So, yeah, the whole thing was so fat. I didn't. She just basically said, okay, and wrote my name down and got me off the list. So Hmm. I I hadn't caught. The whole thing was over before I even caught my breath. You were probably the only one that actually showed up to protest your involvement. So boy, where boy, did she feel got when she looked out the window and saw you jump 11 barrels and (laughs) Slide into the chicken hut. <laughs> All right, we guys, we should just sign off now. <laughs> this is a fun show. Oh. Anyway, so well, are I'm we not gonna, gonna serve. I'm not gonna serve a jury this year. I'm gonna stay home That's and I'm good. gonna watch movies. Ooh. Save Martha. Puny God. I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. I'm Batman. Kneel before Zod. Under Ruth. Said it yourself, bitch. We're the guardians of the galaxy. So what's it gonna be, huh? Long sullen silence or mean comment? Go on. You got me in a box here. <laughs> we all watched the same movie. <laughs> we once. all were in the mood. For once. It was like, uh, it was probably that, in that uh, post-Thanksgiving mm-hmm. feel, vibe there. I think we, wa- we watched this on Thanksgiving. Uh, anyway, it was uh, the new HBO movie. What's it called? 8-Bit Christmas. 8-Bit Christmas. Oh, yeah, that's right. 8-Bit Christmas. Every kid has that one gift they want more than anything for Christmas. This is the story of mine. 
Bookends? They have baseballs on them. I see that. No, not those. Nintendo. A maze of rubber wiring and electronic intelligence so advanced it was deemed not a video game, but an 8-bit entertainment system. No Nintendo in my house. I second that. Looks like a no-go on Nintendo. I needed a Christmas miracle. The year was 1987, or was it 88? Super Bowl was in 86. Okay, does it really matter, Dad? Okay. The year was the late 80s. I was 11 years old. Did you wear a helmet? Yeah, we always wore helmets in the 80s. Me and my friends would do anything just to play one. Any of you huddle masters want to play? Yeah! What have you brought me? I got a golfing! Untraceable cash money! It's the final countdown! One thing became clear. I needed to get my own. This is bigger than Christmas. I actually watched it on Monday, which is normally my day off. But I thought between Thanksgiving and Christmas, I'm gonna I'm gonna go into the store and be open on Mondays, just in case anybody's out there right, holiday right. shopping. Yeah, good. That was a mistake. There was nobody out. Nobody there. <laughs> nobody <laughs> came. So I used the day to watch Eight Day Christmas instead. Oh, that's good. It's basically a Christmas story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's what it was. Because when the Christmas story came out, you were going back to like back when there were Red Rider guns yeah. and stuff, and and now we're going back to Nintendo's. Yes. So immediately, the nostalgia was there for me because that was the year I got a Nintendo. And yeah. I I yeah I mean well but that's the joke. Yeah. Like they. The, I loved the ambiguity, or is that a word, mm-hmm. of what year it was. Because mm-hmm. I can't even nail down when I bought my Nintendo. Like, I bought a skateboard, and then my friend had an, this Nintendo appeared. I didn't even know it was the thing. And, all, and I was like, okay, I didn't open the skateboard, sent it back, got my money back, bought, it, bought a Nintendo. But it's like, what year was it that we first had? It was like 86, 87. And when did the power, the power glove didn't come out immediately. It well, no. I don't think this, thing, yeah, I don't so think that's stretching it a movie, little bit. Yeah, this movie did not fall correct. What, what year did, um, yeah. what year did, uh, the wit was it the wizard? The, um, Fred yeah, Savage movie. Know. Wasn't that the introduction? That was my introduction, I think, to the power. Glass. Well, that's late. That's, that's Super Mario 3. So that's really far into the system. Uh, Super Mario 3 came out in like 1988. The Wizards 89. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, but I'm just like time that at that time, two years is a long freaking time. Yeah. Back yeah. Then. Yeah. So. But yeah, I think it was like 87 really when people around here were getting that. Yeah, it probably was because I have I have a very distinct memory like of I had Atari. And oh, I yeah. didn't know Nintendo existed until I went over uh I was in like second or third third grade I think. And I went over to my friend's house for the first time and and him and his brother, they had a Nintendo and I had no clue that that existed and did yeah, not. It was like, it was like the same as going from Atari to Nintendo. It was like virtual reality. <laughs> it was just like, it was yeah. like, what is this? Yeah, exactly. 
And in fact, those I was... ducks look so lifelike. <laughs> this is a double dribble. <laughs> I, uh, I, I remember that, uh, I remember Jamie and Tiffany, my cousins got Nintendo before I did. I remember that because that's ridiculous. Jamie had the little, he had the, you know, like the 13 inch black and white TV or oh, whatever. Yeah. 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 You yeah that everybody had TV in their room. Yeah. Yeah. I remember they got it. I'm pretty sure before I did. So I was a little, I, I'm pretty sure I got it that Christmas. It was a little bit later than most people had it probably a year later than it, most people had it around us. Yeah. So uh, this this really kind of like struck home with me <laughs> the yeah. the whole idea of that year. This is when I got it. So and just being crazy over it. Good. It was it was good enough for a Christmas movie. It was it wasn't bad. It was a the nostalgic thing was really what it really had going for it. You know, now, just even there being a mall that was. Yeah. <laughs> full of stores and things that's that's yeah <laughs> that was what was nice to see no there um we we all watched it as a family and i was surprised how much like my kids you know they laughed out loud during several parts of the movie the LOL. um yeah <laughs> and and it kind of surprised me how much they enjoyed it rather than like just mom and dad really enjoyed it i i knew my wife would like it too but yeah, they really they were like, yeah, this was this was a good Christmas movie, and th- and that's kind of how we all felt about it. like Neil Patrick Harris. He was you know he was fine. Steve Va- uh, Steve Zahn in it was really good. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He's he's done some a few HBO things here lately, but uh, but I really like him in comedy roles, and I love him in that dad role. And like at the end, there was enough, you know sentimentality to bring it home yes is that what you're gonna say exactly that kind of socked me out of nowhere that i'm enjoying it well enough and then like the end gets really sweet and really touching and i was like whoa not expecting that i'm at work (laughs) (laughs) oh oh thank god there's no customers like let it fly yeah yeah yeah, so that that definitely had a had a really sweet yeah. ending to it. That was so. If, yeah, yeah. So if it, you're of our age and you're looking for something different, something new to watch for a Christmas movie, this this will work. Yeah, it'll get the job done. I, I feel like Christmas we, spirit. We really laid it out for our listeners this year with you know eight bit Christmas and Bebo. Like that's <laughs> going to be all anybody can handle. Yeah. <laughs> What's then you guys talk about Bebo was all I could answer. <laughs> Anything else on the HBO channels? Oh yeah. Not movies though. <laughs> Not I watched movies. the uh they dropped a King Richard film. Oh yeah. I oh watched yeah. That. Yeah. I watched that. Uh tennis movie, of course, starring Rich Somner. <laughs> Summer, yeah. No end. But yeah, hey, Som- hey. Somner. Friend of show. Friend of show. Yeah, friend of show. We can't say his name. <laughs> I haven't seen him anything in a while. I forgot how to say his name. I just listened to him on a podcast today talking about how people can't say his name. <laughs> like, no one knows how to say his name. I thought he uh, ended his podcast on that. Uh, he was a guest on a podcast about. Oh, okay. Uh, Board games? No, it was no. about. It was about names. It was oh. called, it's, called, it's called Wide World of Dugs. And they talked to people whose name were Doug. And then they 
today they were just, then they kind of branched off just talking to people about their names and what they've been called all their lives and this and that and it's like about nothing but it still was an interesting talk you know? hmm. but uh anyway yeah he was in it yeah this is the will smith uh biopic about the father of venus and serena williams uh, teaching them to be tennis stars from a very young age. Before they were born. He had a plan. Man had a plan. Man had a plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, I think you'd said earlier, like it kind of it feels like it sanded off any edges there were. Like it shows him as a very hard worker and they're a real close knit family. And okay, there may have been some problems, but I, I don't know. It not not it couldn't have all been this sweet and uh, agreeable. Yeah. yeah. For their yeah. whole lives. Yeah, I thought it was. Uh, it was just. It felt like Will Smith did not want. He, he was just wants to be liked in every role. So it's like anything that might have been a little sketchy about playing that guy. Which you know, there's nothing wrong with that guy, but he was very outspoken and wanted things his way. Yeah. And I, I think this movie covers that his way wasn't always right, but it doesn't make him as grating as he probably was mm-hmm. in real life when you see like real footage and i and i think that's just the will smithing effect so i really am surprised that there's any oscar bait talk about this because i did not think he did anything worthy of any awards no i, I was kind of bored through the whole thing I like a sports movie and the tennis was really good in this mm-hmm. and the girls were really good in this. Mm-hmm. And, and so that was impressive to me. And I liked John Bernthal in it. And, <laughs> you know, I, I, I enjoyed it. It was, it was almost two and a half hours long. And I still was just like, I was never in any hurry to end it. I liked, I enjoyed watching it, but I never was like, this is the, this is great. Yeah, it's definitely that feel good thing you want from a sports movie. Yeah. But I just kept thinking, I know this is true, but like I I would never believe any of this if it didn't actually happen. <laughs> right. But like right. going to a celebrity, like, hey, you're gonna coach my girls for free, right? I guess I am. Like, did that yeah. really happen? He just talked his way into these these opportunities. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? <sighs> the other HBO things I watched is a few more of those music box documentaries where mm. you guys were all watching the Beatles for 700 hours. I was watching DMX oh, and yeah. Kenny G. Yeah, I'm not watching either of those, so, so feel free to spoil <laughs> that sassy, brassy guy. <laughs> He's just sort of part of the musical furniture of American culture. It's just wallpaper. With Kenny G's music... What can you say? How are you feeling? Underappreciated, in general. I don't think there's anything wrong with hard work. That's a hard lick, and I just played it really well. Putting in the reps, and then reaping the reward of, hey, I'm really good at this. I think that's why my career's lasted this long. The fact of the matter is, Kenny G in the 1990s was one of the most well-known musicians on this planet. Somebody asked me, what kind of music do you do? Is it jazz? I don't know. You might think it might be jazz. Well, is it pop? I don't know. You might think it might be pop. He was having a huge impact on defining what jazz is, even though the jazz community were looking at his music with disdain. These are songs from my heart. This is the way I just hear it. They think I've decided to play these kind of songs because I knew they would sell well. If only I was that smart. 
number three was called DMX Don't Try to Understand. And it was basically, like the Beatles, a lot of real candid footage. Uh, he had just gotten out of jail, and he was getting ready to, to go on a new tour and you know, reconnect with his family. And it was they, they just had somebody with a camera kind of following him around for, for basically a year. And it happened to be right before his death. So as we talked about in the Beatles, like you're watching this knowing <laughs> he's mm -hmm. on borrowed time. It's all going to end real soon. And watching him kind of mess things up with his family, and it's it's very raw. He he was not he was not uh, paying attention to how he came across uh, on camera. It was it felt very raw. But that also led to there's no real narrative to it. Like it, it doesn't tell a story. It's not leading anywhere. It's just a whole lot of footage. And in in that way, it was it was probably the least interesting of of these. Um, and the number. four Four episode was called listening to Kenny G and I thought do I really care but the description kind of made me think yeah I am kind of interested because it was like how does the best-selling instrumentalist of all time far and away he sold more records than anyone be so hated so viscerally despised <laughs> you're either you like his music yeah. You ignore his music or you hate his guts. And it's kind of like trying to answer that question. I was like, okay, I could, I could, I could be interested in that. And it, it was pretty interesting. Whereas he came across completely prepackaged, image conscious, like everything he did felt, it felt a little to me like when you see Tom Cruise do an interview, like everything yeah. just felt turned up a notch to, Hey, I'm having a good time here. Everyone like it just, felt kind of phony and it had a few more and he seemed like a really nice guy he didn't do anything for me to have a bad opinion of him but it had a weird edge to it of him trying very hard and there are shots of like okay i'm just gonna wear this shirt is that good or should i put a sweater on would that look okay are you getting the right angle i thought he was and a then, pirate shirt guy well, there's a lot of fashion faux pas in, in this uh, archival footage. You're you're thinking of Michael Bolton, I think. Oh, <laughs> he was no. Kenny G. Guy. Kenny G. Gets a little pirate shirty yeah. too. Well, he 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 made some choices in his career. Let's say. <laughs> yeah, it shows him he's visiting his high school, and they're gonna film him walking in. He's like, "Should I carry my sax case? That that'll look more realistic, right? Or that'll look better if I'm carrying my like." He's 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 directing it and like creating the image as he's doing it. So. I don't know that that wasn't the thrust of the documentary, but oh, I, you that, know he's like, don't show that part. That's not yeah. the part you're yeah. supposed to show. And they're like, shut up, Kenny G. You try hard. <laughs> <laughs> there but was that, that, the, there was some point in the '90s, in the mid '90s, where Kenny G was popular. I mean, I mean, yeah, I know he sold all these albums, but I remember having some sort of Kenny G CD. No way! I you did. did I swear to God, I, at some point I did because every Jeez. song, every track sounded exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> so at, at, at some point there in the mid '90s, it, like he he was popular enough, or I got it on like one of those wow. CD, you know, Columbia Record House Twelve deals. CDs for a penny. Right, exactly. <laughs> I've only got 11. <laughs> what do I put on the number 12? This is my big chance to be a Kenny G guy. Right. I'm going to get in early. Get, 
Get I'm a an early adopter. Get a pirate shirt. Yeah. These are going to be already got this shirt. <laughs> and the perm. But that sort of over uh, perfection mm. leaches into the music because it showed him producing. Yes. And it showed the computer and like him. I don't like this half a second of this note. Let's put this in and fix it. Like it's very produced. Yeah. Whereas jazz historically is very much hit record improvised. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It is a feeling of what you're feeling at that moment. It's a conversation between the instruments and it's all organic. And Kenny G is so mechanical and that it talks to several scholars and music critics and people who know the history of jazz who are saying jazz it was, is an evolution. It is everyone builds on it. And Kenny G is just his own thing. He has no connection to this past history. There's an icky amount of like cultural appropriation where he took this predominantly black art form and made millions more dollars than anyone else who's ever done it. He saved jazz. Right. He saved jazz. <laughs> <laughs> so all these struggling musicians who can't book a gig, who are the pure musicians, are losing out on, you know, grandmas who, I love jazz. Let's get the Kenny G album. Like, so there's, there's all these contradictions. Get your jazz seems, cards out. Yeah. He seems, <laughs> but he seems like a decent guy. And my opinion of him, he always, the inside jokes, he always, <laughs> like he had a sense of humor about himself. I remember him doing guest spots on things and popping up in comedies. And he did a yeah. crossover with Warren G uh, on Jimmy Kimmel. They did Kenny G and Warren G did a, a version of regulators. And like, like he he's in on the joke on things and it was going over his uh, Twitter account is really big. He, he posts really funny memes about himself, but he also has like, you know, a social media manager who like, we need to have four posts a day that do that. Like I said, just everything about him is, 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 you know, a to B to C, and that just doesn't feel like the you know the rock star life kind of uh, you know jazz guy. So I I don't I don't feel like I know anything new about Kenny G that I didn't before. Hmm. But it was I I enjoyed watching it. It was fine. Cool, cool. Uh, well, for doing movies, let's jump to something else. I. I, I Belt. <laughs> I just gave you AIDS. AIDS? Dude, that's not cool. Don't give Kyle AIDS. Hello? Stan? Kyle? You remember when we were little? Us friends said we'd always be there for each other when things got bad. What do you mean? What's happened? South Park, post-COVID, an exclusive event streaming Thanksgiving. Nobody wants another one of your marijuana specials, Dad. It's not a special. It's an exclusive event. Only on Paramount Plus. Ooh, South Park. I watched, uh, um, got to Paramount Plus. I had to get rid of, got rid of my YouTube TV and got went mm. back to getting a few other, other channels cheaper. And I got the South Park post-COVID special. We had watched the covid special right or i can't remember what it was called the pandemic special yeah 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 yeah. yeah. where we learned how whoever's dad was it stan's dad or whose uh, dad went over there and screwed yeah. a pangolin 
yeah. and started it. Well, this one, has anybody got to see this? Mm-hmm. No, this one is exclusive yeah. Paramount Plus. Right? It's exclusive. Yeah, I don't I don't truck with that. Yeah. Well <laughs> it, this one is uh it's it's start it starts like it. Like the it's in the future, like they're grown up. Mm. And they have to get back together because they have it's you know because of COVID or something. I don't know, but but it's in the it's set in the future is the is the main point. And so they're all grown up, and it's funny. And like, st- st- I'm I won't spoil a bunch. I just wanted to cut a couple funny things. Was uh, Stan is with what you think is his wife, and then you realize it's just an advanced version of Alexa, <laughs> and she's just a nagging person. His life, it, it's very funny, and he's just like, you know, he's like. <laughs> Alexa, freeze the video. And she's just like rolls her eyes and picks up the remote. (laughs) 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 It's the thing like, oh. So it it was fun. It was it was it was a good quality South Park special. So when you get a chance to check it out, Hmm. do. Um Oh, and tonight we uh Nick and I watched um Pig. It's on Hulu. So, been getting some buzz. If I know if I had a Nick Cage podcast, like a uh, friend of our pod, what's the, what's the name of their podcast? Late Night Cage Fight. Yeah, I would be just salivating at the chance to talk up this movie, Pig. It it's uh, he is a guy living in the woods with his pig, and it hunts truffles. That's like a thing pigs do, and they, they're able to locate the truffles, which are very expensive to sell, and you know you make a bunch of money off them. That's what he's doing. And I think from the previews, you see that somebody stole his pig, and so I think the general consensus is, you know, you're the vibe. I know the vibe I had is this going to be John Wick with pig. Like what with Nick Cage, you know, I and he is he makes so many movies and some of them are so like you would never watch. You know, he can be yeah. all over the place. Somebody would. Yeah. Somebody making a podcast. Somebody but <laughs> but it's just like you never know what you're gonna get. This is good, Nick Cage. Like this is I don't even know how he makes some of these other movies. You'll look at him and be like, This is terrible. He's 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 not even good in this. This is him good. And it is not what you think it is. It feels like it is going to be, but it is not. You will not. It is not. I can't say it. I don't want to spoil it. It's not what you think it is. It kind of feels like it. It is for a while, but it's not. And but it's good. And I I really enjoyed it. So yeah, I recommend Pig. We we liked it. Hmm. You watched that on HBO? No. We skipped to Paramount Plus, and then we went over oh, Hulu. Okay, Hulu. I realized now we're gonna make the jump to Netflix. Oh man, it's so funny because uh, a couple episodes ago we we put out you know our catch up on Riverdale end of season five, and we were talking about the uh, next to normal, the musical episode this year. 
Mm-hmm. And when we put that episode out, I on my Facebook page, I always share the episode. And then I usually, like, I'll put it up on, on like, my Facebook story, right? And if, like, if it's a musical, sometimes, you know, if you click on the little music button on your story, you can search for a song. And sometimes with Riverdale, sometimes those songs will pop up. So I had done that um, when we put that episode out. And uh, I had a family member that... um, that sent me a message real quick, just who apparently has never watched Riverdale, of course. And he was, and uh, my cousin's oldest son, David, that, you know, we're close with, and, and uh, I've done some podcasting with, and we recently just met up with them in Disney World a month ago. And he was like, oh, I didn't realize Riverdale was a musical show. And I was like, well... <laughs> <laughs> like it's not but you know it I think, wants to be yeah it wants to be i'm like well they they sprinkle it in a little bit here and there and then one episode a season they do a a musical episode and he and so we were got into that and he's like yeah hey we just watched tick tick boom and his him and his wife amanda their background is musical theater um, that is just, they love it. They have been involved. Well, Amanda's still involved with it. She, uh, she's involved with the theater, uh, local theater down in Jacksonville. That is a pretty big deal. That's her full-time job. She, um, you know, she's been involved with like bringing, uh, the Hamilton traveling show through her, uh, production, uh, through, through her theater and, and to go see a lot of cool things. And David's done some acting too. And, um, that's how they met, but he was just like, man, it was so good. Um, we were both, we didn't know anything about it going into it. We were both just enthralled and impressed with it and just, you know, was like this, this thing is great. And he was recommending it to me. So I was like, well, I, I got to sit down and watch it. So uh, I took yesterday, um, and cause it's pretty long had the day off and I was like, well, I, I need to watch this. So, uh, we sat down and, and yesterday after, well, it was really yesterday morning and, uh, into the afternoon and checked it out. And I was just so impressed with it. I remember seeing the trailer about it and we talked about it briefly. This is the life of Boba Bobo. This is the life of Boba Bobo. This is the life of Boba Bobo. Bohemia. Bohemia. Boba Bobo. Lately, I've been hearing this sound like a. Hey, boy genius. The fuse has been lit. The clock counts down the seconds. It sounds great. Do you know how many Jonathan Larsons there are? One. The flame gets closer and closer and closer until all at once... 
story coming out it was i think it was something preview or something of the new movies headed our way this year but um this was just he was absolutely spot on enthralling the music was great it's a it was a little hard to for me to kind of follow the story at first because it's (laughs) it's a cluster because they're going what really happened right it's an auto he's like he, yeah, he's like performing a play about a, a one man show or whatever about making his <laughs> a, first play, a different play, <laughs> which was about something else. Yeah. And yeah, yeah but it's nuts. It's it's, nuts. it's really it, what it comes down to. It's um, uh, Jonathan Larson, um, who wrote uh, Rent, um, as well as Tick, Tick, Boom and some other, you know. Uh, but, uh, this is about him as a, that time period in New York, just about to turn 30. Um, and you know, at the end of your youth or whatever, and trying to make it big before that happens. And before you run out of time, before before your clock's ticking. Right. And just the struggling, you know, the struggles just of, of, of theater actors and people trying to make it big at, at, at that point in time. Um, which, you know, the Kevin I, Keller story, the Kevin Keller story. <laughs> <laughs> One day. Just bring it all back around. <laughs> Did you watch it, Jordan? No, no. It, oh, you're not music. Good guy. That's right. Yeah, I, it was good. He was really good. Andrew Garfield did a really good job. Um, he's such a likable guy anyway. And I think he, he was great. Um, directed yeah, the music by... was Lynn Manuel Miranda, Miranda, yeah. Yeah, so a little history. I I found out about this after I'd watched it because then I I was like, well, I need to know a little bit more about what I just watched. So apparently, Lynn Manuel Miranda, uh, Jonathan Larson is a major influence on him. Um, He saw Rent on his 17th birthday, and uh, the lady that actually, how this came about, the lady that had the, that got the rights to, Tick, tick, boom. The movie writes to it um, had like emailed him and said, hey, would you be interested in this? And he he said, I watched an interview. He said, he said, I've never written a faster email reply in my life. He's like, I have to do this. This is my thing. I want, you know, to be involved. And uh, then I, I saw a story. Um, now, this may not be that truthful, but there is a story going around about Apparently, Lin-Manuel Miranda had went to um, his regular massage therapist and when when this was getting ready to, to come together, and he knew that Andrew Gar- Garfield also went there. So he, he like asked his massage therapist, like, hey, do you know Andrew Garfield? And they're like, yeah. And he's like, how's his singing voice? <laughs> and the massage therapist, who had no idea, was just like, yeah, pretty good, I guess. Yeah, he. I hear he's really good, and he just went with it. And he's like, "Okay, that's good enough for me." <laughs> like it was totally insane how how you know the casting started with that, um, because he's not a you know he's not a. I don't think of Andrew Garfield as this huge 
singer. Well, like I, I've said before, most of these actors, like less now than they used to be, I guess, but you didn't even start. The first of where you started was you had to be able yeah. to sing. Sing and dance. Like, yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That's an old timey thing. Because they were doing their, doing their high school shows and things. You had to be able to sing and dance. And, and I think he's, you know, I don't think he's a great singer, but he was good enough um, in this. And like, he, he, the performance is great. Like he, he's, he seems like he's really put everything into this role. Like even like when he's singing and dancing, I mean, like you can see like the veins in his neck coming out. I mean, like he is giving it his all in these performances. Um, but the, the, the funny thing was since I've been on discover, you know, since I've gotten on TikTok, it, it takes up way more of my time than it should. That's, during the that's day. TikTok boom. Yeah, TikTok. Um, so, anyways, the last couple weeks I've been hearing. You know how TikTok works. You hear these. There, there's some earworm of a nugget that comes out, and then everybody uses that sound in yeah. every video. They just duplicate it, duplicate it, duplicate it, and it's always sometimes really obscure stuff. But I've I've been hearing this like song for a week or so that I, I've just like got into my brain and I needed to like scratch that itch. Like, what is the sound? And I watched this movie and it's freaking boho days from, from this movie. Mm. And I was just like, this song is like in my head now and I can't get it out. <laughs> it's been a week. And even before I watched the movie, it's been a week and a half. I'm just like, Oh, this is, I, it's so catchy. Um, but that was that was probably my favorite part of the movie was the scene in his apartment. Uh, they the, uh, ironically, Jonathan Larson was scared um, at this, you know, 1989 or whatever, um, was scared of his apartment burning down. So he had taken a camcorder and documented everything he had in his apartment, all his possessions. And that's how they they duplicated that you know, what was in that apartment for this movie down to like the, the albums, the cassette tapes, the books he had on the shelf because of this footage they found of that he had made. So I thought that was kind of interesting little details in there, but um, yeah, I just, I thought it was great. It had Lin-Manuel Miranda does such a good job of, of spreading his love of Broadway. I feel like, like Broadway has made such a big, or maybe I just wasn't aware. I don't know, but it's in the last few years since he's come on the scene and there's a scene in the, in a diner where he just throughout the movies, there's a lot of cameos, but the scene in the diner where he just has this epic song number of the, all these Broadway legends and in one scene that are just getting, getting that if you don't, if you aren't a, somebody in the scene it doesn't mean anything to you but people that are, are that do know all these people it's just it's a easter egg that's that's a classic easter yeah. egg because what what it is because like i wouldn't know who half these people are so they that means nothing to me <laughs> but somebody that does is going to be like oh it's that person and that person yeah. and that person like so that's what the way it's but should work uh, that great, well, it's no number. it's no surprise that miranda is into this guy because he did what that guy did he oh yeah he, absolutely he made broadway huge now you know bigger than it had had been for a while and that's what larson did that's what he, larson you did know with rent 
rent rent caused this scene to blow up. Yep. It was such a popular musical. And I, I'm sure most people would know like the irony of him doing tick tick boom and having this feeling this pressure to accomplish something because he felt like you know he's running out of time you know which it's ridiculous because he's thinking he's turning 30 well he might as well you know that's it if i haven't done something by then you know but really he's racing against this clock and ends up the night of his first preview for rent he dies of a brain aneurysm Never got to see the success he worked on for a decade, at least, you know, and which, so it's just such a sad story. Yeah. Now he reaps all the benefits from that. He never got to see. So that's sad, but I, I liked Bradley Whitford. I thought it was what Steven. crazy, yeah. crazy that he was Steven Sondheim did a really great job. And then the same week he, Steven Sondheim dies. Yeah. Like that was nuts. Yes. Like, did, did you just decide to, well, while I'm at, you know, this would be a great time to die. You know, that's what I heard that the Stephen Sondheim actually recorded the, there's apparently he leaves a message on a phone at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Where, you know, Bradley Whitford is playing him, but they had the actual Stephen Sondheim. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know that. That's neat. That's neat. But yeah, he's, that was a big surprise, but yeah, I, I really, I, I did enjoy it. I, mm-hmm. I thought it was good. I thought it was good stuff. And he said he he rewrote the dialogue for the call. He's like, I would never say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really been um, you know, it's been a great year, of course, for for Lin Manuel Miranda with um with this you know his first directorial movie uh that, with this project. But then you know we talked about in the Heights being so great that was his that was his you know rent that was his first big huge hit. And I, I have just, I have really enjoyed these movies this year. We've watched In the Heights several times. We listen to the soundtrack all the time. Um, I'm pretty sure that this one will be added to the list. Like I said, that Boho Day song is just, once it gets in your in your head, you can't get rid of it. And um, and with West Side Story coming coming out pretty soon, uh, I did see that preview in um in theaters a few weeks ago i didn't mention it with um with ghostbusters and mm-hmm. uh so yeah that looks looks good too so i think uh I, I don't know i don't think it's a flash in the pan that these mu- musicals are coming back in such a a, a a big way um on the screen i think we're going to see a lot more of them as, you know they're just going to get break in more money yeah Another thing on Netflix, I watched The Power of the Dog, Jane Campion Western. Uh, first thing I, I was like, oh, it's gonna, it's a Western. We just did our Westerns yeah, list. This better not be list. good. <laughs> this, this is an art house Western. This, mm, yeah. Speaking of South Park, this South Park would have described it in 1998. South Park would have described this as gay cowboys eating pudding. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay. <laughs> anyway, this was. Uh, did you watch this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. Uh, I thought Benedict. This was probably the best thing I'd ever seen Benedict Cumberbatch do. Like he, he's actually 
acting in this. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I was really impressed with him. And it had, uh, gosh, what Jesse Plemons and what's her name? Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst. And this must have been probably the movie they met in. Now, now they're married, but or maybe not. Maybe they just happened to both get cast after they were together. But they, uh, uh, they, they worked, they've worked together before a couple times. Oh, that, yeah. Didn't they meet in Fargo? That was Fargo. what they met. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, they, uh, they were both good in it. I, uh, Cody Smith McPhee played her son in it, and I can't remember whether there was anyone else to speak of that, you know, in it. But I like Keith Carradine, and there's a couple uh, hmm. smaller roles, but those were yeah. more main ones. But I, I thought it was really good. I thought it was a good movie. It was a very gorgeous. The the scenery, the vistas, and you know, all well shot. I mean, I just, I, I thought it was a really good, just immersive movie. I don't know if I, a lot of people are over the moon about it, and I'm not there, but I did like where it went, and you know how it ended. I thought, I thought, I thought it was definitely worth watching. I'm, I don't want to spoil anything on it for it, so I'm trying. I don't know what to say about it, but I thought it was good. I, I like the setting being later in the time. It was like 1925, so there's yeah. no cars and hmm. but he's stuck in the modern. He is so stuck in the past. Yeah, yeah. That his character, or I, just idealizing. That, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I like the. It's you know I, you see a ranch and you expect you know cheap you know woods falling apart like they live in a huge house and he wears big fur coats like it's just yeah. a different take oh they're loaded used to seeing in the yeah. western yeah. yeah they're definitely rich cow he's a rich cowboy doesn't need to be doing all the ranching he's doing he just wants to yeah I, I liked all the acting i had a little trouble getting into it like i had some t like i was having a hard time understanding what he was saying at parts like there he was it's kind of mumbly oh i read I a great article quite... yesterday about that uh, ben Pearson put out that he had been researching for a while, and it turns out we're not all going deaf. The sound mixing is horrible now in movies, and everybody's turning subtitles on because you can't understand what anybody's saying. Yeah, so, I missed quite a bit in this movie, I'm sure. And it was it wasn't. I don't want to say it wasn't obvious, but then I feel like at the, by the end, it, like it got very obvious and. They explained some things I felt like didn't need explained, like that were yeah. well, nicely set up and executed. And then they have a doctor come in and explain, here's what happened. It's like, I, why are you even in this movie? Stop explaining this. <laughs> right. Yeah. I get you. I like the, I, I went back and kind of started over to kind of catch some of the beginning. And there's a, the first line of the movie I did not catch the first time I watched it. So you might just start it over for a second and listen to the first voiceover. Something about Bronco Henry? No. No, it's a it's a very uh, foreshadowing line. Um, anyway, the um, that was good. It was good. Worth watching. I've, I've, the last couple of days I've watched some stuff that actually... Not, not a rip-roaring, gun-toting no. western. A, 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 definitely a... A pleasant... A, 
Hitchcockian Western kind of, you know, uh, what pudding eating. Um, oh, I saw French Dispatch. Oh. I did get to see that. Yeah. Nick and I went, when we went to Columbus to Ikea, we stopped at, uh, the theater. Oh, so it was like such a great experience. Yeah. I think that, was the day, uh, Cliff, you were watching something and complaining about your, you're like, oh, you, the stuff was falling down yeah. around the <laughs> screen or whatever. Meanwhile, I was sitting in like the cushiest seat in, a, in this AMC with looking at, I mean, what a great screen, huge and right level with me. And everything was just perfection. Mm-hmm. I was just grinning from ear to ear, finally great experience there was no one around us you go to east and uh yeah yeah but yeah. it's like it was just there wasn't hardly anybody in there it was a, like early in the day on a weekday we're watching freaking french dispatch which is just i love wes anderson and this is a very wes anderson movie and no matter how anybody wants to complain about that as if that isn't what you want wes anderson to do i don't know why everybody's problem is all of a sudden saying oh so-and-so's doing so-and-so. Oh, well, this Guillermo del Toro movie coming out looks really Guillermo del Toro. Well, that's what they do. I want them <laughs> to do what they're good at. And French Dispatch is a meticulous, exactly what he does, and he does it well, and it was really good, and you know, you're you're going to enjoy it. I thought it was I thought it was great. Just like four short stories centered around four or five centered centered around the you know this newspaper has kind of a you know middle story there with bill murray as the editor of this newspaper and he's you know giving them out stories to do or taking in the stories they brought in and there's like a one really short one and a few longer ones and they're just it's good it's really good the I, one of them is slightly weaker the the uh timothy chalamet and francis mcdormand that was probably my least favorite, but the other the other ones were all great, and I I just really enjoyed it. So, I mean, it's not my favorite one of his, but it was definitely not a fail. It was a solid Wes Anderson. You know, it's funny you mentioned AMC. Complete rumors. Don't know well, what's Disney nothing doing has now. happened, but I have heard some speculation about Disney possibly buying out AMC theaters next. So we got the theme parks, we got the movie studios, we got the TV networks. We might as well buy the theater now too. So you know, buy the theater and put their movies in there. Yep, and that's how it's going to be. No there. more Wes Anderson movies. Oh, yeah, goodbye. All, all Disney all the time. <laughs> that's all we get. AMD theaters. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Just Great. speculation, but I have heard that from. You know, a couple different places that uh, you know that that might be something that's on their radar. Great. Cliff, anybody? Did you get out to see? Did you get out to see Eternals? Yes. Yes. Okay. That's we, what we've that's talked about. Actual, it three. Let's that, all three different episodes. We'll talk about Eternals. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to, but yeah, that's actually what we were, we went to see as yeah, on that what, same day. Yeah, because just yeah. curious as the the least Marvel. Uh, fanboy of the group what what your take was on that yeah i it was long yes um but uh 
uh, Alicia and I went and saw it, and we both liked it. Um, it it was very Justice League mm. kind of in the feels. Um, you know, just made, and that part of that might have been, you know, some of the power sets that type of thing. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, it was, it was fine. And like we talked about before, you know, this is kind of the, you know, a little bit, of, I felt like deconstructing that, that superhero genre that we talked about, but, and, and yeah, I mean, I thought for not having, for having some superstars and some not superstars in it, I thought they were all fine as far as performance went. Um, it was kind of hard to keep track <laughs> of people a little bit, not being very familiar with each character. Um, I would have liked to seen a little bit more, uh, Kamel in, in just in general in the movie. Um, well, they just, just like, he's just not going to be there at the end. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Just like, well, I kind of feel like the same way this guy is, so I'm going to leave. Uh, I was just like, eh. And I kept waiting on him to come back. Yeah. Which he never did. Yeah, no. So, um, <laughs> no. So, yeah, out of out of the characters, he was kind of like, I was like, oh, I like this guy. But then I was just like, what happened to that guy? So, um. He just ran out of finger guns. Yeah, yeah. It, it was funny, the, the. Uh, we stayed for the after credit scene, even though I I knew, but uh, Alicia and Carly, you know, didn't. And the minute Harry Styles yeah. hits hits the the screen, uh, my daughter's she's you know cause I think there were two other people in the theater, and she's like, "What is happening right now?" <laughs> and I was like, "What?" She goes, "What? I don't understand this. What is happening right now?" And I, I was like, your life is yeah, <laughs> getting better. Not the, and she, she's not a big Harry Styles fan oh, at all, yeah. but it was just somebody she knew, yeah, yeah. you know, that was very, she much, did not associate with Marvel. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly yeah, what it was. Right. She, she goes, this is a Marvel. Why is Harry, Harry Styles in a Marvel movie? He seemed, I, I think that is really great casting though. Like if you're going to put him in as anything, Mm-hmm. That I could see him being able to pull off this role of, you know, I don't even think it's any yeah. big spoiler to even say it. Eros, right? You know, fire, um, Star Fox, Star Fox. Yeah, I'm just like, man, that that's just such a funny character when he came, joined the Avengers and was just like wooing everybody, you know, trying to take older women. So, and, yeah, I I did not even I didn't know who he was. I. I had to be wow. that was Harry Styles. <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm very, very old. Yeah. So yeah, so that she was very surprised and and you know, in a in a really good way. She was happy about it. She was just like, Oh, this is right. exciting. So um Oh yeah. All the girls went Harry Styles, and yeah. all the guys went Star Fox. Right. So that was <laughs> that was pretty much our experience with it. It it was it was fine. We all liked it good enough. Um yep. But we weren't we weren't blown away by it. So, but there were also references to DC Comics. Yeah, mm-hmm. as and, a and Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Star Wars and DC exist in the MCU now officially. <laughs> right. Right. As fiction. Right. 
Well, I mean, right. technically, the whole, you know, from the time they introduced Spider-Man into it, when he's talking about the Empire Strikes Back and all that, so. Oh, yeah, yeah that, that wouldn't be our yeah. first yeah. Star Wars show. Yeah. So, yes. but, uh, yeah, I thought there were some interesting things in it that, you know, uh, that were kind of new concepts for a Marvel movie, but, but yeah, sure. It's it good, like I said, good enough. I think it's going to be interesting what, you know, because we're going to get more of this stuff. Um, I think as we, uh, however long these Marvel movies continue to make money and, and be produced, um, we're going to get some stuff that's out there. But, but if you remember, we all thought Guardians of the Galaxy was, you know, that was why are we why why would they waste money making Guardians of the Galaxy? So, uh, well, this I'm, was no Guardians of the Galaxy. No, 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 this was no Guardians, but. I get. What, I know. I agree with what you're, you're saying. The source material. You're like. I don't see this as being a hit. Yeah. It, but we, it did not. It ain't hitting like Guardians of the Galaxy. No, that no, was no. Just great. the general like. Who are what these about guys? this? Would not be a huge hit on movie screen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Just the the yeah. general you know public knowledge or you know the idea that that what well, Guardians what like we want Spider Man so. <sighs> yeah. yeah, I got. I had a guy bring in a box of stuff this week to. He wanted to trade me for store credit, mm-hmm. and there wasn't there wasn't much in there good, but there was a few issues of Eternals from the nice. original Jack Kirby runs. I'm like mm. I, I would like to read those at least to know, <laughs> give it a shot. It's not my usual cup of tea, but yeah. I I know so little about the Eternals. I'd like to read them at least. Oh yeah, I I, I just like the. Just even seeing the Cersei Black Knight dynamic, and all I can think of is as the gathering, you know, the leather jackets and and Black Knights, you know, loving up on Cersei and I don't know Crystal or somebody. It's just like I just I can't believe I still I'll never get over the fact that these <laughs> things are on the big screen. Like can't believe it. Well, speaking of swords, um, the other the other big one that uh, that hit Netflix uh, was uh, Masters of the Universe Revelations Part Two um, that I had been waiting on ever since I watched the first five all in one. Series. I really enjoyed the first five. Yeah, I remember we all did. We yeah, all liked the first five. yeah. There was um, if anybody does not remember, there was a lot of criticism that came out with the first five episodes of this thing you know the just on everybody involved with the project down how they ruined their childhood and the this new this new thing was too woke and uh how dare they how dare they this and how dare they that and focus on tila and and all of that crap immediately all that criticism i heard none as soon as this came out and just how much everybody all of a sudden loved it. Uh, which I was just like, okay, <laughs> like I don't, you raise so much hell in these Facebook groups and, and online chat room or, uh, forums and stuff about how you hated it. And now suddenly everybody's silenced and we all love it. So that ticked me off a little bit. Um, I think they just wore themselves out. They cried themselves asleep. Well, <laughs> there, I'm off. I'm off to the next thing. I got something more to complain about. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But 
I, I mean, it's it's definitely got a, a pretty solid, you know, established fan base for as much as they bitched and moaned about it that before they saw the end of it, you know, and, and what Kevin Smith or whoever, what, what the right, the writers were, were the story they were trying to tell here. And I really, I, I enjoyed part two. I actually thought part one was probably better. Um, but I did enjoy part two. It, it did a really good job of. There were some things that made me laugh out loud. Like, some lines that I was just like, that was a good joke. Like there were yeah. some good jokes in there. Yeah. Like, they did a good job. And I felt like this thing, everybody all the way through it, everybody got to have their own um, emotional arc, their own emotional journey, their story, each character, for, the, the main characters, you know, Evelyn and Tila and Adam and even, even Skeletor. Um, but yeah, part two picks up, Skeletor, after Skeletor wins, he has the power. He's the master of the universe and and uh, everything he ever wanted. And then uh, we have to deal with that. It's just a joke of like, <laughs> uh, I just like Evelyn's like, that's what you want. This is what yeah. you want that for. Like after all these years of, of the, yeah, yeah, just just <laughs> just the deconstruction, uh, I guess, of them to point out the dumb things from the original, like the motivations. Yeah. They elevate everybody's story. They take this property of toys and take it really flesh out each individual story, <laughs> put them all back together. Yeah. With this, you know, pretty animation, all the animations, much, gorgeous. much more, but just a much better story than anything you've got in the, in the cartoons yeah. back in the day it's like can you imagine these that like having this back then oh how even bigger masses yeah. of the universe what? would have been like like you would have watched these as much as you watch the other ones you'd watch these 20 times more because they're these are actually like these stories make sense <laughs> and they're so much deeper yeah. and stuff like i I, I'm really Im impressed by it. I feel like that's but... Im that's an impossible thought, though. Of like anything like this needs a generation. Yeah. Again, stretching back to comics, like the people who made the first comics didn't care. They were on a deadline. They were pumping out junk for children. They weren't trying to make art. But the people who grew up reading them, yeah, treasured them and like yeah. wanted to to do so. I feel like you know, again, Kevin Smith is a perfect example of like you know i can make more out of this it, it means something to me so i feel like that it, requires it does, passion yeah. and yeah. not just a paycheck it needs to have been had the lows to see the highs you have to have <laughs> that comparison uh but just the i'm not a masters of the universe fan i was never a mass i was you were well, too I, old i was too old for it mm. and and that so the fact that i can watch this and get so much out of it like i can i seeing that changed into this is so it's still it is effective on me see seeing them take like the ship looks exactly like that toy you know oh. like they're i mean they're gonna fly around in this toy ship yeah and i'm just like that is ridiculous and awesome yeah that they're doing this and and, and, they, see and that... they make it it's so serious you know? <laughs> that's the that was really the you know, the I got the this is made for me. 
yeah. moment there. Oh, it is. And it, especially with part two, because we forget, I forget that this was a toy line that they made a cartoon show a year later that came out a year later that, um, was strictly meant to help sell the toys, you know, and it was silly, but it was colorful and, you know, big muscle men and, 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 uh, magic and, and all that stuff that, you know, is going to appeal to a little kid. And then at the end, of course, we had the, the lesson of the day, you know, that so many eighties cartoons had at that time thanks ronald you know pretend to be educational in some way yeah yeah thanks ronald reagan for that yeah so nancy reagan wouldn't crack down (laughs) right but um nancy reagan bust through the wall what's going on (laughs) the berlin wall (laughs) but going from that to yeah to to this you know uh two generations later or whatever uh was was pretty amazing and then like the scenes in castle grayskull and there's a couple scenes like there's the throne room and with the rug and the 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 dungeon sticker you know with with duncan and it's got the monster coming out from the floor that all of that stuff i was just like oh you gotta be kidding me i can't believe they did that (laughs) because i just felt like that is for me my I've got a Castle Grayskull, you know, sitting right to my left here, up here on the shelf, that has all that stuff, still has the stickers on it, and yeah, I just absolutely loved it. And we got to see again some characters that came later in the line, um, a little bit more with uh, Scareglow and and um, uh, even some of those those Shadow Beast and. And then, you know, to spoil it, if you haven't watched it, but uh, the ending hinting, you know, of what's coming, throwing it back to the, the what, what was the mother, the, the what did they call it? They didn't call it a mother box. They called it a... It was motherboard. She made us do her bidding. <sighs> the, the bird with the triclops in the, in the cult uh, assimilating Skeletor. But anyways, it's the horde, <laughs> guys. Seeing that horde symbol show up, it's like, oh my god, are we gonna get? I had no idea. I'm like, you have to do season two now. We have to have the you horde. Have to. We have to have horde act. Let's get <laughs> Shira in here. Let's do it. Like, let's come on. do it. Let's do it. <laughs> I this makes when I I watch this. This makes me want somebody to do just this quality to GI Joe or the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon, like to yeah. do it to this level, to amplify it up to a, you know, a serious ish yet, yet still jokey level. You know, this is like the per, I really feel it's, it's like the perfect meld melding of humor and yeah. taking it seriously. Like it's, it's, they just did a fantastic job. At doing at being able to do both things. This show feels like it was made with generally by somebody that loves the property. Oh yeah. You know, and, and a lot of times we don't get that. We didn't get it the first time. Uh, but even on these, when they re- do reboots, it's often just trying to like, Oh, we, you know, let's see if we can get some money out of this. And yeah, we, we know there's another GI Joe, GI Joe series in the works, but <laughs> Yeah, Jew. <laughs> <laughs> I 
know where that, I know where that came from. <laughs> well, Oy vey. <laughs> Oy Joe. <laughs> wow. But yeah, we know there's another G.I. Joe series coming our way that's been announced. So hopefully whoever is doing that, you know, handles it the same way. <laughs> anyway, I watched a cartoon on Netflix also that I liked even more than this. And we've watched so many animated things lately yeah. with different animation. You know, we had the Bad Batch and this. Mm-hmm. And uh, what else were we watching recently that had a different animation? Oh, just the, the Marvel stuff, the What If series. Yeah, the What If. Had even a different animation. And I've, I've enjoyed all of them. But this, the, this show on uh, Netflix is called Arcane League of Legends. League of Legends, and it's based on a video game, which you need to have. You do, you don't need any knowledge of that video game. I've never played that video game. I know nothing about that video game, and you do not need to. It's it's totally unnecessary. Uh, it just apparently is based somewhat on that. is the main character and they must have been working on this for years it's like nine episodes but the animation and direction is so good like there are some sequences that i'm just so impressed by it is so taken so seriously and the story is the story is so good. The acting is so good. The animation is so good. Like it is great. It is really great. Like I, I'm. There's enough episodes that it tells such such a overarching story of this the these two sisters, you know, their well relationship and just them dealing with the overall. Uh, the politics in this city, the the different um, you know, rich versus poor, and uh, and good and evil, and all that jazz that comes along with that. But I I was really impressed with it. And if you're looking for, if you are a you know fan of animation, I'm not even an enormous. I, I'm getting more and more. Yeah. Yeah, appreciating it, but it I I. It's definitely worth the soundtrack. Is it, there's a lot of Imagine Dragons involvement in here? They do, but this that I'm not the biggest fan of them, but they it really it works in this. It you know the the 
vibe they have of like uh you know just very upbeat actiony sound and the score is really good along with that it's just it's good yeah. it's definitely worth checking out animation has really um of course we've been on computer animation for decades now but but just that they can take it now and because i love that 80s saturday morning look yeah. But now they're able to, with so many of these shows, to take that and do so many different things with it that we couldn't do before, or they didn't have, it was too expensive to do, you know, at that time. And and just some of these shots, I, I watch these shows and I'm just like, man, this is, it's like watching a freaking movie. It's amazing yeah. what they do and some of the angles they come up with and, and the way that the perspective can, can change now, so... It's good stuff. Yeah, I, I that's my uh, out of nowhere mm. pick to watch right now. I I don't think necessarily many people are watching, but it's it's good. I finished it in a couple days. I was enjoying it. You got anything else? I feel like that was a lot. It is a lot. <laughs> the last thing I, I will bring up then. Did anyone see or hear? I don't know how you could have not heard. There's like 150 million downloads of this. But I don't know if you've ever heard of. I don't know. I'm not sure I'm saying his name right. Mr. Beast. Is that his name? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where the guy's just like. His YouTube channel. Makes all his money off YouTube, but he gives a ton of it away, yeah. which continues to get people to watch. And so he's like, it's a great idea. Give a bunch of the money away and mm-hmm. keep a bunch of money too. And you're, you're rich and you know, people like to get money, but he did this squid game thing. And did either of you check that out? Mm-hmm. I just heard about it, but I didn't see any of it. Well, I watched it right before. We How were... much money do we have for a squid game guys? Yeah. What can we, what can we do? <laughs> we got about eight bucks. <laughs> we buy a bag of marbles. <laughs> yeah. This is totally a, Bring your own sweatsuit. We'll supply the yeah, marbles. Yeah. This guy, to- this guy, like the production quality is as good or better than the actual show Squid Game. Like he recreated everything and just brought in 456 people and said, whoever is the last one standing gets $456,000. And I mean, tell me. You didn't get the point of Squid Game without telling me you didn't yeah. get the point of Squid Game. <laughs> and he he just like but it was really a really fun one. If you watch Squid Game, you should watch this. It's 25 minutes. Watch a hundred people really play Squid Game, only they're not worried about dying. Yeah. That's if it was like YouTube personalities murdering each other. Yeah. Or there was only one left at the end, that, that might that might get me more interested. There is some interesting twists on it in the like fact like and subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> they like have bullet squibs on them. So if somebody get is supposed gets eliminated yeah. and should get shot, it like blows up on them. Like they play the all they just Cut all a lot of the stuff out of Squid Game that I did not like, like the just nothing for a couple episodes they do. It's just the competition, you know, and it, and like they do the red light, green light, and they do the the cookies. Only like they take into account that 
people solve squid game so they're not they can't go pick that shape everybody nobody's gonna pick the umbrella so it's just you don't know which line you're getting in and then they reveal what you got line you got in, and, and they the cool i think the neatest twist was when it got to marbles and you pair off and it, the tension of that one lives one dies there's not going to be a t- tension with a bunch of strangers but they just had been videotaping them the whole time and by the time they got to that game they knew who your friend was so that's who you're paired up with and it, it was it was good it was it was a good time to watch it it's not long and it, it if you've seen squid game you will enjoy watching this so hmm. it was it was it was but funny and neat to watch people get i like to see people win money so I tell like somebody, some guy actually got some money or some girl got this money or whatever. There's money given out throughout. At one point they needed to thin the herd. We're just like, we'll give you $4,000 if you just leave now. Everyone <laughs> will see you later. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. uh, anyway. Hmm. Okay. It's Mr. Beast. Yeah. I'd never watched. That's the only thing I've ever watched of his. I but, used yeah, I used to work with a guy that watched him all the time and would like... I could see you getting sucked into that channel if you're like, you know... Yeah. Like he, watching people get money. Yeah, he talked about it a lot, but... Yeah, speaking of YouTube, um, I've mentioned before, I th- one of the regular channels I watch a lot of is the vlogger. He's Adam the Woo. He's been around. He's had a YouTube channel for over a decade now. He's, he just... He, starting out, he went on adventures. He lived in a van, traveled the country. Down by before, the river? Yeah, before it was popular. I feel like I know what you're going to say. I've watched one Adam Lou video ever, mm-hmm. and my God, was it the wrong one? <laughs> yeah, they're not all they're not all uh, treasures, but... Uh, okay. Well, I watched one a few weeks ago where he was, like, declaring he was not doing it anymore. Uh, he was just going to yeah. go to the parks without the cameras from now on, except for this time, yeah, except for this time, uh, yeah. this time. Yeah. He and is, he, he would not stop saying that over and over and over. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, man, you're like everybody le- that leaves Twitter. I'm leaving Twitter. Yeah. I got to yeah. tell everybody. And he was just like told, I think he said like a hundred times in that video that he wasn't going to be taping himself going to the parks anymore as much or whatever. Yeah. I was like, man, this is really stupid. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he, go <laughs> he, uh, I know exactly the video you're talking about, but he is officially, he has moved from South Southern California and he's officially on his, on the road back to going across America in a car. And just stopping and taking back roads and doing all that stuff again, roadside stops and and things Mm -hmm. like that. So back, he's on his way to Florida, but yeah, he's declared he's not going to do any more Disney parks, at least for a good while. I did like his point of saying when he started, he was one of the only ones doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And and now Cliff's doing it. Right, exactly. (laughs) Everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it and probably better. So yeah, he's like, I don't, I don't do it. I, he's like, I was one of the only ones doing it and it didn't matter how good it was. Everybody's watching it. Cause I was 
that was, yeah. there's only a few of us doing it. He's like, now everybody's doing it and they're better than I am. <laughs> yeah. So he's been uh, about a week now he's been on the road again and, uh, there's been a couple that are, that are okay. Um, they're pretty good. Like I said, yeah, uh, it, they're not all gems <laughs> because he is very much a, a, a just a, a, a regular guy. He does. I mean, obviously he makes some money off. Of, he's made his money off of YouTube uh, enough to where he, he's got Disney DVC points and, and, or Disney vacation club and, and doing all that stuff now. But, but, um, he had a place on the West coast in in Anaheim, you know, where he was living part of the year going to Disneyland. He had a place in celebration, Florida, just a couple miles from, from Disney world. And he, he was really hardcore on the Disney stuff the last couple, well, several years. And, uh, so he's back on the road now and I'm looking forward. I'm hoping someday he, I know he's, he went to, he's been to uh, point pleasant and went to, um, Mothman festival a few times, done some videos there. So I'm hoping he'll, he'll start to get up into, you know, our neck of the woods a little bit and, and do some stuff in, in that, this part of the, the country. So anyways, I'm a Sturmwell festival. Maybe who knows? All right. All right. Mazel tov, everybody. We did it. <laughs> we hope you're having an amazing holiday season. We hope it's joyous and bright. Whether you're a G.I. Jew or a G.I. Gentile, Absolutely. we hope this is a wonderful time of year, whatever you're celebrating. And we'll be back soon with more. My name's Jordan Lowe. I'm Cliff Barnes. I'm Seth. I'm not going to say any of my jokes. <laughs> no, uh, shalom forever. <laughs> you did it. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udownwithkpp.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a comment. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be found. You can connect with us through social media on Facebook, YouTube, at The Kapow Podcast on Twitter, or email the show Kapow, the Pop Culture Podcast at gmail.com. If you really want to go the extra mile, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash KPP for special content and access to Patreon-only benefits. We are grateful for anyone who chooses to contribute, but please know that most of our content will remain free. So please continue to like, comment, and share.